everyone can and will most likely suffer from it at some point in their lives. And not everyone's symptoms will be the same. Some deny it's actually happening. Some struggle with the problem and decide to treat it with various forms of substances. Others feel stuck, unable to move, sometimes unable to function or even get out of bed. For men, some can come across angry or aggressive. Instead of sad, some distance themselves from family or friends and don't realize anger, aggression, and self-isolation are actually symptoms of a wider and larger issue. Talking about it seems unlikely, yet a simple reach out for help can often change a life, yours or someone else's, and in the current mental health climate, reaching out may just save a life and not just change it. Hello folks, welcome to The Thesis Project, a podcast about men's mental health and the pursuit of growth. I'm your editor and host, Michael Chard. Today's topic, depression. In this podcast, I want to talk about my experiences of depression. I'm going to give some simple background on it, its symptoms, and how it has impacted my perspective. I've suffered from depression for quite some time. And I think it was long before my mother died, uh, which is quite some time, yeah. And look back now, how I lived with it, I denied its existence, and also how I experienced depression from how I understand my mother's condition and how it changed our family. So there's a lot there to unpack and potentially learn from. Depression has impacted my career, my family life, it's changed my outlook, altered my physical feelings and changed my life. We'll go over these points and more and hopefully you'll take away some ideas of a better understanding of its impacts and from someone who's we're still recovering and combating this very thing. So I appreciate you spending your time listening to this podcast. Please consider I'm doing this so other people can learn, not just men. Even though I focus on men's mental health, I want others to think of their own experiences whilst listening to my own. I received a few messages from listeners and unfortunately it demonstrates that there are a great many others that have had far worse experiences happen to them. Please, I really want you to listen and absorb and understand that the Thesis Project aims to spread the message from a perspective of experience, hoping that you get some value from this and begin the process of healing. So if that's you, please know I'm thinking of you. And before we get underway, please can I ask you to do me a favour? Help spread the word and the message of the Thesis Project. If you've enjoyed this content, please let your friends and family know about us as it would really help me grow. Also, if you've not done it already, don't forget to subscribe so you can grab all the upcoming episodes of the Thesis Project podcast. And please feel free to leave us a five-star review. That really help us out in terms of keeping the algorithm happy. What is depression? Depression is devious. It's making jokes so others around you can feel something that you are not capable of doing. It's responding to messages saying you're actually fine, but you're full of fear and tears. It's 
pushing others to exceed and feel motivated when all you do is feel lost and alone in the world. It's completing your objectives and your work commitments, but then failing to meet your obligations at home and falling apart because of it. It's also being the soul of the party when you're dead and cold inside. Depression isn't just sadness and it can hide in plain sight. Depression is more than simply feeling down, sad, unhappy, or just fed up for a few days. Many people suffer and go through periods of feeling down. However, if this feeling is persistent for quite a period of time, you're more than likely depressed at some level. For a really, really long time, mental health issues such as depression has gone misunderstood, misdiagnosed, dismissed, and even rejected, often with devastating consequences. As attitude changes over the years, and especially during the current lockdowns that we've all experienced over the last 12 months or so, understanding of mental health issues and depression has now become widespread and is starting to be accepted. So what symptoms of depression are there? Well, upon researching the NHS website, psychological symptoms can include any of the following. Ongoing or continuous low mood or sadness. Number two, feeling deep hopelessness and helplessness. Number three, suffering from a low self-esteem. Number four, becoming tearful. Number five, feeling guilt-ridden about your situation. Number six, becoming irritable and intolerant of others' views or even other people. Suffering a lack of motivation or interest in anything. Difficulty in coming to or making a decision. Lacking any sense of joy or enjoyment in life, any sense of excitement. Any deep feelings of worry or anxiety. And finally, developing suicidal thoughts or thinking of hurting and harming yourself. Suffering from or being diagnosed with having any level of depression should not be underestimated, as it also happens to have physical and social symptoms as well. Some of the some of the depression's physical symptoms can be as follows moving or speaking more slowly than usual, changes in appetite or weight, usually it decreases, but it sometimes increases, constipation or loose stools, unexplained aches and pains across the body, lack of energy, fatigue, a low sex drive, excessive sleeping, or even disturbed sleeping patterns. For example, finding it difficult to fall asleep at night or waking up very early in the morning. Social symptoms of depression can include distancing and avoiding contact with friends or family, taking part in fewer activities, neglecting any hobbies or interests, having difficulties in your personal relationships or at work, issues at work with colleagues or workloads, and family life problems. So now we know what the NHS says about depression, what can I use to learn from it? Well, 
Since going through CBT therapy, this cognitive behavioral therapy, I found it helpful to outline and confront my symptoms of depression. By talking about it, it seems to allow my thoughts air and space to address and understand them. And by sharing them, I really hope that you learn and get some value from it. So we'll start going through them, ones which I feel have an impact on me. So number one, ongoing or continuous low mood or sadness. So this low mood or sadness brought on by depression was felt deep in my core, right down to my very bones, almost as if it would become part of my soul. Kind of like a creeping, biting cold that works its way around the body. This sadness is not a case of typical grey weather that comes about every now and then. More like a cloak of cold that stalked you and finally has you as its prey. This sadness low mood would strike me from out of nowhere. From being without friends or even being with friends. To just sat and chilling with a cup of coffee deep in conversation. When the cold sadness managed to catch me and sink its claws into my thoughts, I was quite often a write-off, feeling a deep despair, which also meant that I knew I'd fallen victim to it again. This awareness and repeating cycle in my mind ended up with me struggling to think of anything clearly. A dense, thick haze had settled on me, and my thoughts became like a truck stuck in the mire. I suppose that, using that analogy, the more I pushed and struggled and fought with those thoughts, the more I sank with nothing to hold on to. I discovered quickly that the only way to, to distract from these feelings was to escape the environment and get away from others, be totally alone and shut down. That often meant watching movies, playing video games and shutting myself away, staring into space or just a simple wall. Number two, feeling profound gaping hopelessness and helplessness. Like many of these symptoms, for me, hopelessness and helplessness was connected as a result of other symptoms like sadness. At my lowest point, I wasn't strong enough and I could never resolve what I was feeling. And therefore being unable to think of a way out just made me feel hopeless, bleak and dark. Nothing mattered anymore nothing would work. Looking back, growing up in my teens, I felt hated, despised and unwanted, written off and thrown on the trash heap by my parents. My mother would often tell me how much she hated me, often spitting and lashing out. I was unable to connect with my father as he'd started his own family, his new family. So that hopelessness took hold and grew and grew until it became part of the fabric of who I was yet to become. I tried to cover it up and push through, uh, keep a lid on it and smile for the outside world, but as we all understand, a course of action only works for so long. Number three, suffering from low self-esteem. So a low self-esteem is something that's been part of me my entire life. Never had confidence in starting, finishing, taking part or actually doing or completing anything. In my teens and at school, I felt my situation was pretty bad. Not being confident, opening up to others, and wanting to avoid compounding my pain, I tended to avoid being at home whenever possible. I was always told that I didn't matter, 
as I wasn't encouraged to try an early age, I didn't develop the skills or successes. The impact from that now is I struggle or think to accept of anything that I'm actually good at. Even now I struggle to picture what success could look like in my mind. I've become very risk averse as I just don't think I could pull anything off. Kind of like a professional paralysis. Number four, becoming irritable and intolerant of others or even people. So in my early twenties, I managed to keep a lid on my anger issues quite well. Not perfect, but quite well. It didn't stop people from looking at me and stating, cheer up Mike, and might never happen. Often my response was, well, it's already has happened. Now I understand as an age, as an often way of doing it, that this was a way of keeping others away from me. During periods of weakness, when I wanted to be alone, if someone approached me, it didn't matter if it was friendly, professional, passing the time, small talk, it would feel like someone dragging spikes across my skin. The hairs on my neck would go up. Family, friends, people, strangers, managers, bosses, directors, it didn't matter. Everyone would make my skin crawl. My mind would become obsessed with hatred and I'd start to fill my thoughts of just harming other people. Everything around me was considered. I wanted to lash out with hands, weapons or everyday objects. Part of me knew that this was wrong, so I struggled to push these deep-rooted feelings down inside trying to drown them out. But by covering them over with dirt and not addressing them, I only ended up hurting me further. Points in my career I felt unable to deal with criticism and many work-related problems. Due to lack of training and workload, managers and supervisors not understanding or wanting to assist, uh, my mind would focus on awful outcomes and these would come to scare me. I would need to take a long walk just to get a, a break, get some air and calm down, only to get accused of wandering off when I returned, kicking off the whole process again. Little did they know that I really, really wanted to attack them with a heavy dog matrix printer. Funny now looking back at it, but it wouldn't have been if I acted upon these feelings. If I was a weaker person, I very much could have, hell, I even knew I wanted to. I was a coiled spring ready to go in hindsight, but somehow I managed to claw myself to stay just in control. Number five, suffering a lack of motivation or interest in anything. Since becoming diagnosed with anxiety, depression and PTSD, this symptom makes more sense. I've not felt a sense of motivation or ambition to complete or take part in anything. Depression sucked the life out of doing a good job or succeeding, and if you've got no fire in your belly to succeed, then really what is the point of living? Having no interest in anything was a real low point and led me to consider taking my own life on a number of occasions. Number six, difficulty in coming to or making a decision. The friends I have left can speak of their experience with me relating to this one. I remember taking a trip to London to pick out a new guitar. We walked around for ages, going visiting bars and 
talking the pros and cons and the lack of decision wasn't in that I didn't want X or Y guitar, but more like I was actually afraid and doubted myself at every single turn. I was out with someone who knew what they were talking about, a subject matter expert in that field, and they had considerable skill in playing these instruments that could run rings around me using the guitar. I was inspired by my friend, but it felt awkward, out of place, and with no self-esteem this combined to make it frustrating for him. I pulled the trigger in the end and bought something on how it felt and I've since purchased a couple of other instruments which have taken place as my preference. But that specific guitar I bought that day is my pride and joy. It's got a place in my heart, mainly because it makes me remember the whole day out. Not because it is a great instrument, and let's be honest, it's a PRS, it's a very good instrument, but because of my time spent with my friend. Number seven lack of any sense of enjoyment or joy in life. During early 2020, I'd lost my sense of joy. Loss as a way of stripping you that from you until it becomes part of your being. In that way, we kind of think about why celebrate it when it can all be taken away from you. Knowing that everything is finite, friends leave, people die, new toys and technology become old and age chips away at everything around you so that nothing feels new or exciting anymore my feelings and joy came back once i returned to martial arts i trained with a bunch of complete strangers started fresh and recaptured that white belt mentality but more on white belt mentality at another time then in early 2020 uh, I think just before lockdown, I took part in two tournaments and was undefeated in all five fights and I took gold medals in both my categories. So I went from deep despair, feeling numb as a survival response after experiencing so many negative feelings and emotions to profound feelings of relief and joy that I was good enough at something. That cracked this cold icy shell around me and I felt like I could push through again but that was until 2020 really took off number eight feelings of joy or sorry feelings of worry or anxiety if I could find a way of worrying about something I would things like people what people thought of me did I smell what color tie should I wear today what happens if the exhaust return valve on my car goes again. How do I get to work? What if the fridge breaks down? The pipe in my bathroom blew and I don't want my seating to break again. Thoughts and feelings like these and many others ran through my head all day, every day. I was clearly overthinking the little things and it consumed a lot of energy. I put off doing chores and I constantly checked my surroundings for locks and leaks and damage and fatigue and wear and tear. I asked others around me if they loved me as, clear, as I clearly didn't love myself. I cancelled plans at the last minute, opted to stay in and play video games because my symptoms have kicked off. I didn't want to be around others. These feelings of worry and anxiety caused me to stay in the fight or flight mode. And bedtimes was often quite bad as 
my anxiety would, would, would run riot with playing the mistakes that I had. I was unable to hide away from the silence. I had to deal with the thoughts. I struggled to be alone with these thoughts at night time. I was afraid to face falling asleep, fearing what the next day would bring. Number nine, developing suicidal thoughts or thinking of harming yourself. Now, I want to bring suicidal thoughts and thinking of hurting harm yourself up in another podcast. As I think, to be fair, this is something which needs to be addressed separately and needs its own treatment. To be honest with you, and I'm always honest with you on this podcast, let's be fair, I'm struggling to face this one. This specific feeling. I'm thinking that I want this to be a sort of unplugged talk. I may even bring in some outside assistance with it. Don't know. Please bear with me on this one. I might take it completely off script and just let that one roll. See how it goes. Sometimes not great, but dealing with depression is something that's taking time and is also teaching me patience. Even at 42 years old, I'm still being taken to school. Every day is a school day. Uh, as a result from undertaking therapy, I started various activities which are all helping me. And whilst these activities may not work for everyone, by sharing them, you could maybe find a way that could prove helpful to you. These ideas are not in any specific order and please I'd love to know if you actually got any value from these and if they helped you in any way. So number one, realize I have a problem. So I accepted it, I embraced it, owned it. That way once you accept you have an issue with depression you can start to push forward to pull yourself out of the mire. I started to record my feelings in a daily journal. This journal was very basic to start with and I grew and grew with it as I've become more adept at writing things down. Probably heard me mention mind journal as mind as M-I-N-D journal as um, something I've defaulted to. Um, Again, this one was a result, the mind journal was a result of people um, developing a journal from grief and focusing that grief. And I find it very helpful. So have a look. Very helpful for depression and anxiety. And also very good for capturing gratitude. Number two, speak to a medical professional. I found that talking to complete strangers to be the most invigorating and helpful way of dealing with depression. So my GP helped to get me on the path, but I realized that and I knew from the outset they were not the person doing the work. I couldn't just go to a GP and drop to my knees and go, I'm depressed, help, and expect them to take the wheel. It was my recovery. It's my feelings from my body 
and I knew this didn't feel right. I needed their help to start the ball rolling, and then I was the one that was going to drive it. So they just had to put the put me on the path. Remember, if they do put you on the path of recovery, you are the one that has to walk it. Number three, stay connected and stay in touch with people. By withdrawing from life, I compounded and reinforced negative thoughts and feelings I was having. Socializing can improve your mood. I've talked about how I wanted to disconnect from people. You shouldn't force yourself to stay connected if you need to get away, but you need to keep exposing yourself to people. Keeping in touch with friends and family means you have someone to approach when you start to feel low. Make FaceTime a priority. So social media and texting are great ways to stay in touch, but actual face-to-face interaction plays a significant role in relieving depression and also keeping those feelings around depression at bay. Think quality, not quantity. Just because you text somebody 15 times a day does not mean it's actually any good. Now, when these lockdowns are over, take the time to meet with someone, have a cup of coffee. Face-to-face interaction is so much better. Number four, become active. So, as I've mentioned in the past, training martial arts has helped me tremendously. The mindlessness and connection gained through movement and action allowed me to heal. It was only when I stopped training and no longer had that release or connection with others in the dojo that I returned to being distant, lacking in confidence and alone. Active and exercise, all very important. I think I'm gonna go on about that a little bit later on as well. Yeah, I think I'll probably go expand on that in a minute. I'll bring up another one. Number five, try not to avoid doing the the difficult things. So a number of things like meeting or speaking to strangers or doing or starting new jobs, starting a new hobby, they all help release the good chemicals in your brain. I started by buying a random stranger in in a coffee shop, I started buying them a coffee. I was surprised by how different people reacted to this. Often it was embarrassment and they didn't want to accept it. But Sometimes they do. You just wish them have a good day. That difficult thing becomes a lot easier. So go for that new job. Start that new hobby. Do something you know you're going to suck at to start with. And accept that in time you will get better. Number six, build a routine. Now, I've had some success with this. And I admit I'm struggling to get back in the saddle. I've had a fully-fledged routine at the start of 2020, but now we're in 2021. I'm all over the place and falling out of it. I'll get there. It's hard, but uh, I did it before. But still having a routine allows you to focus and allocate time to complete things within your day. You'll go to bed at night feeling much better, knowing that you've managed to give it your all that day just through the routine. Try it. 
in a diary and finish off with going back into your diary and building that routine and then capturing everything within a gratitude journal. So build your routine in a diary, finish off by the, at the end of the day as well and record everything you're thankful for. Number seven, visit NHS Every Mind Matters. So this website is full of great tips and tricks on how to work with low moods. It has quizzes and support for depression. The site also helps you develop a get your mind plan, which I think they actually email to you afterwards and they check up on you. Um, you answer, I think, five questions and the free plan comes with tips and tips and in order to deal with stress and anxiety and keeping those thoughts and feelings at bay or dealing with them generally. Very good. Very useful website. Try it out. That's NHS Every Mind Matters. So number eight, support others. It's always great to receive support, but research is now starting to show that you get an even bigger mood boost from providing support to others around you. This can be your next door neighbor, the person across the road, your grandparents, your aunties and uncles, family, friends, or like I mentioned earlier, a complete stranger. Even so much as stopping and saying, good morning to a complete stranger as you go at the road, or being courteous to your waiter or waitress, all goes a long, long way. So make the effort and discover ways, both big and small, to help people inside and outside your social circle. You can volunteer even, be a listening ear for a friend, or just do something nice and even unexpected for somebody. But don't go into it thinking you're gonna get something out of it. it. Defeats the point. Number nine, care for a pet. Pets bring joy and companionship into lives. They also bring a sense of being needed and unconditional love. I adopted two cats in August and yeah, August 2020, I think, um, called Jake and Elwood. And they have developed into wonderful, well-tempered cats who love being around me. Just picking them up and hugging them while they purr is soothing for my soul and gives me physical heartache pangs. It sounds really strange, but I've developed a real connection with them and they love me back. Number 10. So get some quality sleep. Aim for eight hours of sleep. Now, sleep is a personal thing and different sleep patterns work for different people. I found the best success switching off the television or putting down the phone. We've all heard that before, but it really does work. So switch it off. Try it. Try this one instead. Try that. Switch off Netflix an hour early and then meditate before going to bed. So this connection with the breath that you can get through meditation and going to bed early allows you to get more restful sleep by by slowing your mind and slowing the speed of your thoughts and remember too little sleep or too much sleep can impact your mood so work hard to establish a healthy sleeping habit and you will notice an increase in your mood Number 11, this carries on from my point from earlier on, get moving. So exercise is available to anyone and everyone. It improves your mood. Even 
Light exercise can boost your mood. Any fatigue that you are suffering from will improve if you stick with your training. Rhythmic exercises such as running and weight training or dancing helps. After doing some exercise, I like to finish off with a mindfulness element of it to address how my body feels during cool day. The feel of the outside wind on my skin, the breath in my lungs, the sweat on my forehead. Take the time to focus on these feelings and you become reconnected with your body again. Remember, your body is your machine. How does it react when you push it? Try pairing up with an exercise partner. Try going to a running club, running with complete strangers. Even take part in a dance class. Give it a go. I bet you will feel better. Number 12, eat healthy. Don't skip meals. Stop feeling hangry. Remember the old adage, you're not you when you're hungry? That's very true. Eat like snacks that are good for you and good food. So put down that donut for the course of the day. Eat your citrus fruits, eat leafy greens, chicken and eggs, things with vitamin uh, with vitamin B or omega-3 fatty acids. Don't eat biscuits and all that rubbish and crisps. They're not good for you. Try a couple of handfuls of nuts and almonds and things. I know, I know, I know. We all, we all know. We've been told this time and time again. But as we get older, it actually works. The advice is there. Give it a go. Number 13, get outside. So sunlight boosts serotonin levels and moods. Get outside during daylight hours and expose your skin to sunlight. Now, I think the guidance is 15 minutes, but I found that when I was outside for an hour, I, even when it was cold, I sat there with just some shorts on and a t-shirt and I rolled the sleeves up of the t-shirt to expose my white skin, pale, pale white skin. And it made such a difference to me. Take a walk at lunchtime, spend some time gardening, exercise outside and to double up on the positive effects. Eat your healthy lunch after exercising outside and eat that outside. So even triple down on it. Get as much natural light as possible in the rooms you're working in. We're all working from home. Try to combat these feelings of seasonal disorders and get as much natural light in as you can. And if you can't, if you can't get hold of natural light, look to invest in a light box. Make the world of a difference to you. So that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope that you found something useful in there and that you can take away several different items to think about. What has been your experience with depression? How did you or do you still continue to fight depression? That experience has great value to everybody. And I'd love to know. And if you really wanted to talk about it, it'd be awesome to hear from you. Just slide in the DMs on Instagram and let's get talking and see what happens. Finally, a quick disclaimer. The Theses Project and myself are not professionals. 
if you have a serious mental health crisis and need urgent assistance. Please, please, please seek assistance from the emergency services. If you're in the UK, you can now self-refer to the NHS Talking Therapies online. Just a quick search and you've taken the first step. Full disclaimer, I've done this and I found it extremely helpful. Remember, there's no shame in asking for help. It is completely fine and it's okay to not be okay. Feel free to contact us at The Theseus Project on Instagram, either by dropping some comments or sliding directly into the DMs. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this and any of our other podcasts. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Please don't forget to like and subscribe or leave a five-star review if you enjoyed this podcast. And I look very much to exploring more mental health topics and more cool stuff with you again very soon.